very early Sunday morning, before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could to go tell Peter the rock and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. She told them, they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb, and we don't know where he is. Then Peter the rock and the other disciple jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He didn't enter the tomb, but peeked in and saw only the linen cloths lying there. Then Peter came behind him and went right into the tomb. He too noticed the linen cloths lying there, but the burial cloth that had been on Jesus' head had been rolled up and placed separate from the other cloths. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went in, and after one look, he believed. For until that, they hadn't understood that the scriptures had prophesied that he was destined to rise from the dead. Puzzled, Peter the rock and the other disciple then left and went back to their homes. Miriam arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She stooped to peer inside, and through her tears, she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and one at the feet. Dear woman, why are you crying? They asked. Miriam answered, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Then she turned around to leave, and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realize that it was him. He said to her, Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She answered, thinking it was only the gardener. Sir, if you have taken his body somewhere else, tell me. I will go and... Miriam, Jesus interrupted her. Turning to face him, she said, Rabbi, Jesus cautioned her. Miriam, don't hold on to me now, for I haven't yet ascended to God, my father. And he's not only my father and my God, but now he's your father and your God. Now go, go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God, and to your God. She left to inform them that the disciples of her encountered with Jesus. I have seen the Lord, she told them, and she gave them this message. That evening, the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of the reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors to the place where they met. But suddenly, Jesus appeared among them and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them the wounds of his hands and his side. They were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. Then, taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins, and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. One of the twelve wasn't present when Jesus appeared to them. It was Thomas, whose nickname was the twin. So the disciples informed him, We have seen the Lord with our own eyes. Still unconvinced, Thomas replied, There is no way I'm going to believe this until I personally see the wounds of the nails in his hands, touch them with my finger, and put my hand in the wound of his side where he was pierced. Eight days later, Thomas and all the others were joined in a house together. Even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them. 
Peace to you, he said. Then, looking into Thomas's eyes, he said, Put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Here, put your hand in, in my, into my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Then the words spilled out of his heart. You are my Lord, and you are my God. Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts, and they will be blessed even more. Jesus went on to do many more miraculous things in the presence of his disciples, which are not even included in this book. But all that is recorded here, so that you will fully believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the Son of God, and that through your faith in him, you will experience eternal life by the power of his name. I'm going to assume that in your job, you have something that would be the equivalent of a Super Bowl. Okay? Uh, football coach going to state. You just, that's the, that's, the, that is, that's, the, that's the Super Bowl right there. For the accountant, got to be April 15th, right? I mean, yay, we made it. We made it to the finish line. Maybe you're in sales, and there's that one account that you close every year, and that thing, that gives you food for three months, you know? So that, that's the big day for you. For the teacher, we might think it's the end of school, but in reality, it's the first day of school, right? That first day that you're looking in these eyes full of potential and you're thinking, there's an Albert Einstein sitting in this classroom. I know this is the year that brilliant child is going to be discovered. This is the one. We have these, I, I was thinking about engineers, buying a new calculator. That's a, that's a big day in the life of an engineer. In pastor land, it's Easter. It's this. This is kind of you know. This is Super Bowl. A little bigger crowd than normal. You got friends coming in from out of town. People invite people. You know. I even I even pull out the the home uniform. I, this is the day. You, I, I'm not kidding. I put it on this morning. I reached in the pocket and my Christmas ornament was in the pocket. So literally pulled out the home uniform for the second time uh, in a short time. Anyway. But, you know, it's, it's obviously bigger because of the crowd, but I think more than anything else, it's bigger because of all the days, the message of Christianity and the day come to an absolute perfect match. There's no question what you're going to talk about on Easter. You're going to talk about Christ died, Christ was buried, and Christ rose again. It is the day that we understand the gospel in its most fundamental nature. Christ died, Christ was buried, and Christ rose again. And so I think about this day for a while. I can tell you honestly, I've been thinking of this day for over six months. What will we talk about today? What's the, what's the essential thing to talk about on this particular day? And my thinking today has been, it's been influenced by, by four events by, by four different things that have happened through this year that just kind of, kind of pushed me in the direction we're talking this morning. The first was the passing of Billy Graham. Billy Graham was a, a man, I, I say the name, you all know who I'm talking about. A man who was a tremendous evangelist, a presenter of the gospel for almost, almost a century. He died at 99 years old. And what an amazing century it was. This man who would go from, from stadium to stadium. And he'd just present the gospel message. And at the end you'd watch. And people would, would flow down the aisles as the singing of Just As I Am was taking place. And after his passing, there's been a fair share of, uh, of shows on, on TV and documentaries and whatever. Trying to understand what was behind the success of this man. 
They're just kind of looking at him, and and they're baffled. Why in the world would this North Carolina preacher have access to presidents and kings and queens? What was it about this man that was so amazing, that, that caused him to be so successful at his job? I mean, even an atheist would look at Billy Graham and say, I don't agree with him, but he had something going there. What was that? Now we look at him, and for one, we know he was a man of integrity. Year after year after year, he'd appear in polls, Mother Teresa and, and Billy Graham, one, two, one, two, and they just kind of bounce up and back. They, they had tremendous integrity, but he think there's something beyond his integrity and well and that, as well, and that was just, that was the simplicity of his method and his message. I'm not saying he wasn't intellectual, and I'm not saying he wasn't profound, but when you listen to him, you kind of go, huh. Pastors say, I could have done that. That, was, that. that wasn't all. What's going on there? It was simple. It was just simple. It was a very, it was a very simple message. In fact, I, I, I've, I've watched a few of his messages since he passed. It, and honestly, I, even, I came downstairs yesterday and, and Kim had him on TV. I'm like, wow, what a setup for today. Good job, lady. So anyway, I, I'm listening to him. And again, almost every message he delivered these three same words. Do you know what the words are? God loves you. God loves you. And I don't know if it was that beautiful North Carolina accent, but there was this, there was this way of him saying those words that I listened to them and I go, I believe you. I believe you. God does love me. And God loves you today. He truly does. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past has been. It doesn't matter what you did last night. God loves you. Simple, simple message. Simple gospel. The second thing that influenced me was the calendar. The calendar this year was ironically beautiful when it comes to the way the church year plays out. We've, we've just gone through this season called Lent. Some of you are familiar with Lent. It's 40 days of preparation for this particular day. And it's supposed to be a reflection of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. So you have the 40 days. Now some of you, you'll go ahead and count and you'll go, wait a second, it, that's, that's not 40 days. That was, there were like 46 days in there. They don't count Sundays because every Sunday is Easter. Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. So you have these 40 days. In this particular year, the 40 days began on Valentine's Day. I mean, this day that we're, we're buying the, the Fannie Mae buttercreams and we're, and we're going out to Outback and all that stuff. You know, all the fancy stuff that we do for the people that we love. Woo! Uh, here we are. We're sharing human love as a reflection of incredible, beautiful, divine love. God loves you in an amazing way. And my word of all the days, of all the days, I love you began on Ash Wednesday, also Valentine's Day. So we come to the bookend, we come to the other end, and what's today? April Fool's. And I'm telling you, the resurrection of Jesus is no joke. It truly happened. Jesus is alive. It truly happened. I don't know if you've ever been pranked on on April Fool's. My earliest one that I remember, I was actually in kindergarten. 
Pinewood School in North Tonawanda. It was, it was an old building that literally only had eight rooms. In fact, the year after I was gone, it got ripped down. They were done. I don't know what I did. But anyway, they, they got rid of that building. And so here we are at Pinewood School, kindergarten class, Mrs. Barkhouse class. And sometime in the middle of the day, she shot all the shades in the room. And she kind of dimmed the lights a little bit. And toward the end of the day, she said, a bad storm outside. Horrible storm. I mean, it is raining, and it is a howling wind. There might even be tornadoes. We didn't get tornadoes in Western New York. There might even be tornadoes. And, you know, she got all these little kindergartners just nibbling their fingernails off because, hey, you kids out there, back in the day, kindergartners walked to school, okay? And I walked, like, from here down to Feedloft to get to school, and it was, and it was on Division Street, which was a four-lane highway, and we had to cross that thing, and, you know, the whole works, and somehow I lived. It's amazing. But anyway, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I'm going to get wet. I'm probably going to blow away. There's going to be a, a, you know, a tornado. There we go off to Kansas. The whole works. And we walk outside, and it's a beautiful, bright, sunshiny day, and I'm like, my teacher's nuts. It's beautiful out. You know, it was only like a couple years later that I went, oh, she April fooled us. I'm, I'm kind of a slow kid that way, you know? <clears throat> Easter Sunday, the day that we fool each other, you can't help but think about how foolish the love of God is. It's an amazing love, a love that, that's just so immense, and yet it's a crazy love. It's a crazy love. We've been, we've been going through 1 Peter recently, and in 1 Peter chapter 1 we read, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He chose him as a ransom Long ago, before the world began, but now in these last days, he's revealed him for your sakes. There's this incredible, foolish love of God. This foolish love of God that just says, I love you so much, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't know about you, I think about my life, I think about who I am, and I think there's nothing in here that God would want to love. And God says, I don't love you because of what you've done. I don't love you because of your potential. I love you because I made you and I want you for myself. That's a crazy love. That is just a crazy love. And absolutely, you know, a few years back, Brian asked Riley to marry him on April Fool's. Of all the days, poor Riley's going, oh no, he's joking with me again. It was no joke. And it is no joke that God loves you like crazy. It's a crazy love. Third thing. Ah, several, probably two months ago now, I'm listening to this calling radio religious leader answering questions from people. It's kind of fun to hear and wonder how you'd ask, answer. And this lady calls in and she says, I don't get it. I don't get why in the world God had to send his son to die on a cross. Wasn't there a different way? Wasn't there, wasn't there, wasn't there anything, anything else that he could have possibly done and I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, you know, I know kind of some classic answers to this. I'm thinking through what I would say in that particular situation. And, and, and this, this religious leader said, do you have children? Lady said, yeah. He said, I want you to think about something for a moment. If your child was going through something absolutely miserable, 
or had the potential of going through something absolutely miserable? Would you want to watch them go through it? Or would you do it yourself in their place? And the lady responded the way anybody with a child would respond. There's no way I'd want to watch my child go through pain and torture. There's no, I would do it gladly myself. I mean, time after time after time, I promise you, there have, been, there have been problems my children have faced, and I said, I'll do it. I'll take the pain. I'll take the torment. Now, you think about this. The plan of God was, I will give my son for you. That's nuts. That's nuts. He didn't say, I'll do this myself. I'll take all the pain. He said, I'll watch. I'll watch while the most precious thing I have, the most precious person in my life, is beaten in the face and ridiculed and whipped and nailed to a cross and just wants a drop of water on his tongue and nobody's willing to give it. I'll do that. Oh, my goodness. You see, what I, what I find in that is God's love is incredibly costly. I mean, there's nothing cheap about the love of God. It's incredibly costly, but, but here's the thing. It's, it's totally free. It's totally free. You don't, you don't have to reach in your pocket today and say, how can I pay for the love of God? You don't, have to, you don't have to spruce yourself up and start living a little better life in order to be worthy of the love of God. It was, it, was, it was tremendously costly, and yet it is completely free, as we saw this morning, to anyone who believes. That's what John said as we read the passage this morning. It is free to anyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that he died for you and for me. So the final formative event for me happened on October 22nd. On October 22nd, I arrived at a house in Springfield just in time to listen to the last 35 minutes of my father-in-law breathing on this earth. And we went out to the living room for something, and my sister-in-law called to us, and she said, you better come back in. I think he's going. And we walked in, and I've been around death enough that I recognize the way the breathing shifts and whatever. And we stood there and we watched that very last breath leave his body. I'll tell you what, that has totally changed this Easter for me. Even yesterday morning as we were gathering here for Silent Saturday and seeing the images of Jesus being taken from the cross. And I I, I saw that image of, of his disciples and his mother holding him. And I could imagine my hand, holding my father-in-law's arm after the breath was gone from his body and touching his head after the breath was gone from his body. And um, in that moment, that moment of that last breath, I knew immediately he was in the presence of Jesus. Not a doubt in my mind he was in the presence of Jesus. I've got this weird habit. My wife knows it full well. My kids have learned it too. When I have to do something important, I find a diversion. I don't know why. <clears throat> Male thing, I don't know. 
So it's Easter, Super Bowl, and what do I do? Well, this was the week I chose to clean out the file cabinet that's been sitting downstairs for seven years that, you know, didn't really need any attention this week except that I needed a distraction. And so I'm going through the files, and I'm, and I'm throwing away class notes from college that I haven't looked at for 30 years, so why, you know, boom, done, over, next. And, and, and I come across this folder, and it's got, it's called notes. And in it are, are just different cards that I've saved through the years. Some of them from some of you, you're great note writers, you know. And so I'm looking through some of these, and I, and I come across this little pack of birthday cards. And, and, and I, I open one, and I kind of smile, open another, I kind of smile, open another. And I'm not kidding, I audibly gasped. I audibly gasped. It was the last card I got from my father-in-law. I recognized his handwriting immediately, and it's, it's the weirdest thing, but I, I found myself kind of physically, literally not wanting to look at the card, kind of looking out of the side of my eye, like I didn't want to look at it because it just it made it real that he was gone if I read this card. And again, I'm reading this card, and, and, and immediately went, I know I'll see him again. I know he's in heaven today. Now you're thinking, wow, either you're audacious, how can you just assume your father-in-law's in heaven? Or you're kind of religious, not dumb, you know? I mean, you're just one of those people who, whatever. How can you know that he's in heaven today? The Apostle John said, these things are written so you can know you have eternal life. It's not a wonder. It's not a hope. Cross my fingers. Trying real hard, doing the best I can. These things are written so you can know you have eternal life. You can know it. I know he's in heaven today. I know I'll be in heaven. Not because of any goodness I've done or any goodness he's done. Because of all the goodness Jesus has done. You see, the only way that I could pay for my sin personally was basically the moral change in I, I had my pockets and my moral change, my pockets were empty. They were gone. It was done. Then Jesus comes to earth and he doesn't commit one sin. So guess what? He had all his change to spare. And he took that change and he paid it out on every other person who has sinned, who said, I want a relationship with God. I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. And he offers that to you and he offers that to me. So for anybody that is wanting to understand more. As you're leaving today at the Welcome Center, we have a little booklet called The Story. And it just kind of walks through, how do I come into this relationship with God? But, but let me show you this verse. This verse that one of my friends posted yesterday. I love this. I, I, I love, I love the, 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 the version. Just hear this. They called him every name in the book. Talk about Jesus. And he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could get so we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. The wounds of Jesus heal your sins. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going. Now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls. You see, you can know you have eternal life. Not because you try hard. Not, not, not for the gold star you get for attending Easter Church Church Day. Boom, look, one more good thing in my book. None of that goodness counts. You say, why try? 
you're right when it comes to salvation. Why try? Because the only thing that you can do is trust in what Jesus has done. And I want to encourage you to do that, to really think that through. The fact that today you can acknowledge that you're right. I've done nothing to earn or deserve the favor of God. But it is offered to me freely. It was costly, but it's absolutely free. It's crazy love. It's an absolutely crazy love. And it's a simple message. Just believe. Now, I know for some of you, you kind of go, hey, I don't make a purchase without thinking. I'm there too, you know. Things will sit in my Amazon list for six months. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't just ping, go, I want, I want to think it through. And here we're talking not about, you know, buying, buying something new off Amazon. We're talking about a life-changing decision about a relationship with God. And so I want you to have the chance to think about it, but I also want you to understand this. Here's one other way today's like a Super Bowl. You have, no, you have no guarantee of ever getting back. Believe me, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> you have no guarantee of ever getting back. You think, I'm here today, I got another chance, I got another opportunity, there will be another moment, there will be another time. I was here last Easter when he said that, and you know, <laughs> I'm still here. You have no guarantee of ever getting back. And I would ask you, if the message is simple... If the love is crazy, explosive for you, it's just there. And if it costs God everything and is completely free to you, what in the world is keeping you from just saying yes? What is keeping you from just saying yes and and knowing that you have eternal life instead of saying, I'll kind of hold out, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, wait a little bit longer. Why? Why? And so I call on you today. I'm going I'm to actually lead you in a prayer. Go ahead and bow your head. And, and it's simple. We're just going gonna to pray, God, I realize I've sinned and done wrong things. I know Jesus came to die to pay for the wrong things, and, and I choose Jesus. I'm done trying to pay for it myself. I want a relationship with God. So you can repeat these words. There's no magic in the particular words I'm saying. Just the idea, say them the way you will. But if you're ready to know you have eternal life, pray with me, not out loud. God hears you in your heart. Dear God in heaven, the other people in the room don't necessarily know all the wrong things I've done. But I know. And you know. And I realize those wrong things today keep me separated from you. I have no guarantee of heaven. But this guy standing up front says I can. God, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus as the only one that can pay for my sin. Choose him as my forgiver. And I choose to be his follower. These things are written so you can know you have eternal life. If you prayed that today, there is no doubt we will celebrate many, many, many Easter's 
from here on through all of eternity. Congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Oh Lord God, for those that say today, I choose you, we are grateful. For all of us that chose long ago, I pray that we would have just a, a sense of euphoria today, an endless sense of wonder that out of all the world, you chose me. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So our servers are going to come, and, and we do an offering now. And if you're visiting with us, you can just continue to pass that basket along. This is for the, the people who are here all the time. And um, our, our team is gathering, and Brian's officially been brought out of the doghouse. We're, we're giving him a chance to do announcements on Easter. Do you think we can get him right today? Uh. Your sister did a great job last week. She was amazing. Oh, Pressure's man. on, dude. All right. you can handle it. Yeah. You had a fun week. Yeah, I did. You were yeah. doing what? Snowboarding. I was snowboarding up in Canada, and uh, I got a little sunburnt, believe it yeah, or not. Yeah, you did. So, That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm peeling like, right through the goggle line, so just ignore the bottom half of my face. So Brian loves to mock me mercilessly that I'm kind of a bird guy. I like feeding the birds and all that kind of stuff. And apparently at Whistler, they have something called gray jays, which I yeah. guess are the equivalent of a blue jay. And course, uh, yeah. so he sends me this picture. Tell me about the picture you sent. It was pretty I'm amazing. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting in line to get on the lift, and I pull out a, a stupid little candy bar thing because I'm starving. So pull it out, and all of a sudden, these birds start swarming <laughs> around me. And before you know it, one's on my helmet. There's one on my hand, and I'm like, I'm sitting here trying to protect my stupid food. <laughs> and I've got all these birds flying around. And yeah, so I had to, I had to have Riley take a picture and, and send it over because, yeah, apparently I'm a crazy bird guy like welcome that. to the wonderful land of birds i mean it's just it's the yeah. best isn't it i've never had one i've had a hummingbird sit right back here behind me waiting for the juice to get up it sounds like a helicopter behind yeah. you but i've i've never been landed on by a gray jay so yeah. so one of the things we do around here to try to just make our our announcement time easier is every sunday morning we send out an email and it comes in your box and it gives you a chance to go ahead and sign up for some things even as you're sitting here you're allowed to pull out your phone your device whatever and do the sign up. In order to be a part of that, you go to our website, and at the bottom, in the bottom uh, banner of the of the website, there's a little plus mark. You click that, fill out a form, and you can be included in that. So, so the first one today is a little different. We're already planning for June, yeah. and going to be doing a fun sermon series. This is this is one of my favorites. I like just saying, "What do you want to know?" and answering questions. And you guys, I mean, you come up with some pretty crazy wild questions that you go ahead and throw our way, and we try to answer all of them that we can. Some of them are literally just about the church, how does this work or whatever. Some of them are just really fun theological questions. Others are really practical. So if you go ahead and click send questions here, that email will go straight to me, and you can say whatever you want. We will try our best to answer that during that series. You got some kids stuff coming up? Yeah, well, we have... uh... We're off for Revive tonight. We have Refuge uh, and Revive starting back up again this Wednesday and next Sunday. Uh, but we do have Green Lake coming up. It's our annual missions trip to Green Lake, Wisconsin, to the Green Lake Christian Conference Center. And uh, yeah, we have one month to the day to get signed mm-hmm. up. So if you are no joke. coming with us, yeah, no joke. Like hard deadline because uh, our stay is a little different this year. So we need to know extra early. So please uh, if you plan on coming with us, go ahead, go to the website and get signed up today. Uh, there is an option for you. If, you, you know, if you're sending like three or four kids, you can just put a down payment down for now and then uh, work out the rest of the payment later. Uh, but May 1st is that, that hard deadline for signing up. So get registered today. Awesome. One of the 
things that you do after you become a member of the family of God. Today you said, you know, I want Jesus to be the one to pay for my sins. Uh, You have the opportunity to go ahead and get baptized, to publicly declare your faith. We're offering two opportunities for that this year. One is on June 10th, and it'll actually be in our new Family Life Center. You saw kind of a building going up over there. So that one will be indoors, as Brian says, for indoorsy people, clean water, no fishes, no 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 crabs, anything like that. Nice and (laughs) nice and nice and clean. And then we do the outdoorsy one on over at Four Rivers in August. Do you have anything to add? All the fish and all the birds, and yeah, that's uh, just as real as the one that will be happening inside. (laughs) Yes. All baptisms are real. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, good. So you can sign up for that. Like I said, you became a part of the family of God today. Go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and look over the rest of those. We're going to um, spend the rest of our time just singing to Jesus. And, and part of the, we love singing, as we said. We love music. And, um, and our, our team does an amazing job, both vocally and instrumentally. But I know the longing of their heart and the longing of all our hearts is not simply to, to listen to some good music and say, wow, that was, that was great, but to be transported to the presence of God. And so this morning, as you're singing these songs or listening to these songs, I hope you'll take a moment to imagine that you're not just singing them to the front wall or to the person next to you. You're singing them to Jesus. You're singing them to your risen Savior. So take some time to actually imagine looking into his eyes this morning and singing to him, declaring your love for the grace that's been extended to you. And again, I just want to mention, if you want to learn more about that relationship with God, you can get one of these at the Welcome Center. No cost, okay? Just take it. The only, the only thing we ask is that you read it. And if you don't want a paper one, you can go onto our website. And if you go to Connect and then First Steps, there's actually a video there and other information uh, to let you know more about having a relationship with God. So let's stand together and sing. probably caught the title of the song so will i so will i the word of god has been spoken again and again and again whether it was the word that said let there be light or the word that said son i need you to go to the cross to die for these people the word of god has been spoken again and again and again and then whether it was the creation of the world or the son of god himself Time and time again, surrender has come, and people have said yes. Will you, will you finally receive the message of Jesus, the message of forgiveness? Will you? Maybe you're walking away from today, you didn't pray that prayer, and you're still, you know, i got to think about it a little bit more. I wonder when your so will I will finally happen. You know, I, I, I kind of hope the words haunt you personally. I hope that as you take a forkful of ham today, so will I, will be in the back of your mind. And as you drift off to that need, drift off to that nap, you'll hear, so will I. And you'll hear it again and again. And one of two things will happen. You'll finally say, all right, so will I. Or you'll at least admit why you're not. And in the admitting, you won't put it off until next Easter because you have no guarantee of coming to another Super Bowl. 
And you'll at least take the time to start to deeply investigate the question, why not? Why not? Because I promise you that if you investigate that question with sincerity, the Spirit of God will lead you to a yes. He's taken some of the best atheists by the shoulders and said, come on into the family of God. If you give that sincere investigation, I challenge you, you're going to be saying, so will I. That's going to be our prayer for you. So, enjoy your ham. Have a great Easter.